Aloha. Welcome to the Mr. G Podcast. This is episode number 42. I am Mr. G. I like whipped cream on my coffee. That's how I like my ladies, too. Covered in cream. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about going around the world in record time. Not me. Not me. I'm not going around the world. I'm staying. Well, if I, I am going around the world, uh, I'm not going in record time. I'm taking my sweet time. Uh, reason we're doing this episode today, episode number 42 of the Mr. G podcast. Today is Ju Tuesday, June 27th. It's about a quarter after nine. Coming to you from the outskirts of Chinatown in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, it's a warm, sizzling 80 degrees here. Uh, you wonder why I do this podcast with my shirt off? Because I need to get a, a temperature. I'm going to put that on my Amazon wish list. A thermometer. I can show you how hot it is. All right. You would have your shirt off too, especially if you were me, Mr. G. I like whipped cream on my coffee. All right. Here we go. Today's episode, episode number 42. Lucky number 42. Shout out Benny McGee. Always remember you. Best bud. And we're going to do this around the world in record time. Who has the record time of going around the world? Who is the first person to go around the world? That's a Jeopardy question. That was the final question in Jeopardy a few nights ago. Who was the first individual to circumnavigate the globe? You guys know? Huh? Well, we'll find out today. And we'll also find out who has the fastest time of going around the world. That used to be you have to take boats and trains, and then they invented the plane. And then it used to be you'd have to land here and land there. You'd have to refuel. Then they had planes that did not have to. They had planes that could refuel in the sky. Then they had planes that could just go around the world in one trip, in one shot, on one tank. And that's where we're at now in human history. We're actually further than that. We're re-engineering re alien spacecraft that are going to be able to go around the world like that, all right? But uh, right now, as far as the technology that we have uh, in the public eye, we have jets that can go completely around the world uh, in a matter of hours. We'll see how fast today. All right. Um, the Mr. G podcast is available. Audio, wherever you listen to podcasts, they ain't going to keep me out of the podcast club. You ain't going to keep me out, boys and girls. Um, Audacity is a good place for the Mr. G podcast. Apple podcast, uh, Spotify podcast, of course. You can subscribe on Spotify to the Mr. G podcast. And also video episodes of the Mr. G podcast are also on Spotify. And they're uploaded in their entirety on Twitter and YouTube as well. All right, the first circumnavigation of the globe. One of the most noted Portuguese-born explorers was Fernando de Magellan. Magellan, guys. Magellan was the first person to circumnavigate the globe successfully. Um, this is from what we know. Obviously, there were uh, other histories and uh, that lived on this planet like 200,000 years ago that did not that we do not have a written record of but as far as our history goes the first person ever circumnavigate the globe was Magellan uh he instigated and organized the first circumnavigation from 1519 to 1522 sailing for the king of Spain he set out with the objective of finding a route to the orient by sailing westward around the southern tip of South America Part of his legacy, especially in adding new places to previously unmapped areas of the world, 
is reflected in the early 18th century map of Magellan del Tiaro del Fuego. Uh, Magellan named the strait that he discovered at the southern tip of South America, Channel of All Saints. Other names have been applied to the strait, but this feature has come to be known by the name of the man who first discovered it, Strait of Magellan. After navigating through the tempestuous waters of the strait, Magellan encountered a very calm sea, which he appropriately named Pacific. Interestingly, when Nunez del Balboa crossed the Isthmus of Panama seven years later, he named the same ocean Mar del Sua, South Sea. Although both names appear on this 18th century map, it was Magellan's designation that eventually gained acceptance. You learn something new every day, guys. The Pacific Ocean used to be called Mar del Sur, South Sea. Although the course that Magellan plotted did not become the primary route for Europeans sailing to the Orient during the 16th and 17th centuries, it did become the primary route for 19th century New England whaling ships as they searched for whales along the western coast of North America. It was this industry that provided the link between the Portuguese-American settlements of the northeast-west coast of the United States during the 19th century. Okay, so uh, that was uh, pretty wordy there, but interesting. Uh, Magellan uh, beats all the rest, and people have uh, taken on this endeavor of traveling around the world um, as long as the 1500s is when the first person to do it, Magellan. Personally, I uh, dislike flying. It's not something that I enjoy doing at all. I've taken not many flights in my life, probably uh, less than 10. And fun fact, the majority of people on this planet have never been on a plane at all. Um, the very first time I flew was when me and my brother were about seven or eight years old. And uh, we were flying from San Antonio to Dallas uh, for our stepfather's, our mother's husband. Uh, family reunion guy and I remember we had a really great time up there um, <clears throat> they had a very wealthy uh, like a uh, million dollar house with a pool and a hot tub and everything and uh, it was really nice being part of a family uh, it was probably like in 89 or 90 or maybe 91 and uh, so I was only 11 or 12 years old and our cousins were really nice too I remember one of them went to uh, A&M University and I remember watching uh, Turner Classic Movies. Uh, it was before Turner Classic Movies, actually, but they had a, a, a late night show that was owned by to the Turner Network. And me and my cousin, even though we were kids, we stayed up late uh, watching like old silent films. And uh, we really got a kick out of it. And that's something that really stuck with me. And to this day. I don't really love movies, but if I'm going to watch a movie, it's probably going to be one from the 40s or 50s or from black and white hair. And Turner Classic Movies is also something that's a big has been was a big part of my life growing up. Uh, they say whatever you love when you're a child, you'll end up loving for the rest of your life as far as hobbies and um, music tastes and stuff like that. And I could definitely say um, that's probably where. I uh, one of the first times I started watching old movies. Uh, yeah, but this is about travel. So that was the uh, a good flight. It's only took I remember it took like an hour and a half or, le or, or less from flying from San Antonio to Dallas, maybe 45 minutes even. And uh, me and my brother enjoyed it. But and uh, we got to see the cockpit. This was 
uh, like I said, uh, the early 90s. And they showed us the inside of the cockpit, let us meet the pilot. And uh, it was uh, an enjoyable experience. We weren't uh, scared or, uh, you know, um, you know, um, uh, any way bothered by flying. Um, as an adult, flying was is completely different. And uh, I, I think like, well, what's different for me then as a kid where I didn't have a problem on a plane and then now as an adult where it's a very nerve wracking experience? Uh, well, I guess maybe I had to become the person that I am today. <laughs> and, and not liking flying is probably uh, something to do with that. So, uh, like I said, the very first person was Magellan to circumnavigate the globe. And he did that in the year 1519 to 1522. The famous Francis Drake uh, did it in 1577 to 1580. He was the second person to circumnavigate the globe. It's Francis Gate. Drake, excuse me. The third person, Thomas Cavendish. And that was in 1586. So it took Magellan a thousand days to circumnavigate the globe. And Francis Drake did it. He did it. Well, it took Magellan 1,082 days. It took Francis Drake 1,018 days. It took Thomas Cavendish 781 days. And then in the 16th century, they cut it down to 748 days. This, nobody did it again until the uh, late 1700s when John Bryan did it in 600 and, uh, 700 days. Um, between 600 and 700 days. 676. Uh Interesting podcast today. Just the way that um, I'm in a really good mood, I would say. But um, this uh, episode was inspired because um, I was FaceTiming my woman. Uh, she lives in Manchester, England. And I was telling her how uh, I always have to continue to travel west. We're talking about flying on planes. And even though she's in England, I wouldn't want to fly back east uh, to uh, in, to England or, or in that direction. I would need to go all the way west around the world. And I'm telling her, it's not that bad. I could do it in a few days, you know, or, you know, people fly around the world. It happens. I, I could do it in like a week or something. And uh, the thing is that I guess you could say that's due to OCD, uh, or just my uh, gut feeling is since I left Texas uh, in 2011, I've just been traveling West. And my second book um, is all about uh, when I, the second, it starts when I graduate from the University of Texas and I travel West across the United States. And so the second chapter is, takes place in New Mexico. The third chapter takes place in uh, Santa Fe. The fourth chapter takes place in Las Vegas. The fifth chapter, Reno. Uh, the sixth chapter, Berkeley, California, the seventh chapter, Humboldt, California, the eighth chapter, Portland, Oregon, the ninth chapter, Seattle, Washington, and there's a 10th chapter somewhere. And that book ends with me flying to Hawaii. But during those that time period, it takes place over a two and a half, three year period. Uh, during that time period, I always would continue going west. And so for the last 13 years, if I go anywhere, it's going to have to be west. So if I wanted to fly to England right now, I wouldn't like fly back to the mainland United States. I would fly around the globe to, uh, you know, continue going west. And uh, but I also hate flying, so it would it would take years, and it's it's not feasible at all at the moment. So it's not something that I'm going to do. 
but I looked into it. Like, how long does it take to go fly around the world? Do people still do that? And like I said, um, the first person to ever go around the world was back in 19 and 1500. So it took hundreds of days. It took years to go around the world. It took um, Magellan 1000 uh, days, more than a thousand days. That's it took Magellan about and Magellan and Drake each about three years to go around the globe. Now you can do it in a matter of hours with if you have a, the fastest jet plane. But they cut it down uh, to about one year in the 1800s. And in the late 1800s, they cut it down to 72 days by Nellie Bly. And this was uh, multiple means of transport. And they were inspired by Jules Verne, the writer. I believe Jules Verne uh, wrote a famous book, 80 Days Around the World, Around the World in 80 Days. Uh, but also George Francis Train uh, was also inspired by Jules Verne. And he took ships, trains uh, from New York. So these travelers were inspired by Jules Verne and they took trains and ships around the world, uh, including George Francis Train. That's his name. Uh, he actually went around the world twice uh, in 1890 and 1891. He did it back to back around the world, this guy, George Francis Train. And he started in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, he ended up in Fair, uh, and he went all around the world till he got to Fairhaven, Washington. All right, and he did it in 64 days. Okay, so he did that in a year. He went around the world twice uh, in uh, less than a year's time from 1890 to 1891. That's pretty incredible, George Francis Train. You're not remembered now by anybody. Nobody's saying your name today on any other podcast. <laughs> But me, but I remember you, George Francis Train. And in 1890, you went around the world twice because you're that kind of guy. Um, it took you 64, 60 plus days each time, though, Train. And the next person to do it, nobody would go around the world again until about 20 years later in 1913 when Andre Jägerschmidt, I wonder if he invented the Jaeger drink, if Andre Jägerschmidt uh, went around the world in 36 days. So we go from Magellan taking him three years to go around the world to doing it in 36 days. All right. That was in 1913. In 1926, 13 years later, Linton Wells did it in 28 days with a combination of boat, airplane, and trains. Nobody did it again uh, for a few years until John Henry Myers. Uh, he did it in 23 days. Then Hugo Eckner broke the record in 21 days. And this was the first circumnavigation in an airship aboard the LZ-127. So, um, you know, his name isn't really remembered, but he was the very first person to circumnavigate the globe in 1929, Hugo Eckner. All right. Uh, now we have 1931, Pilot Wiley. Uh, from Lockheed Vega aeroplane traveled around the world and did not cross cross the equator. So we, you've heard about Howard Hughes, the famous uh, movie, uh, The Navigator, is it? Um, Howard Hughes, uh, he went around the world and he cut the time down. He broke the record and did it in three days and 19 hours in 1938. Pretty impressive, Howard Hughes. Nobody would go around the world to try to break or break the record again until 1949 uh, when James Gallagher of the United States Air Force did it in 94 hours and one minute aboard a B-50 Super Fortress Lucky Lady aircraft. The first aircraft to uh, circle the globe nonstop 
uh, with four in-air refugees. Um, and that was in 1949. So the first time we were able to get a plane around the entire world and one trip was 1949. And it took 94 hours and it was a called a Super Fortress Lucky Lady 2. I believe that's a huge plane, a B-50 Super Fortress Lucky Lady 2. And they must have had, had to have a lot of fuel on that plane because it didn't, doesn't look like they refueled. They did it in 94 hours. So it took them more than three days to do it. All right. 1957, more United States Air Force. This is when the uh, military actually shared shared their technology with the people, I suppose. Uh, but in 1957, another United States Air Force did it in, a, in three B-52 bombers led by Lucky Lady. So I think it was like a patri like a patriotic uh, type of thing. All right, and then um, and then it wasn't until 1980 that somebody broke the record. So I guess nobody attempted it probably from 1957 until 1980 when David Springbelt went around the world in 44 hours and six minutes, and he retains the record from for circumnavigation using only scheduled transportation, whatever that means. Uh, next, Air France uh, did it in 32 hours, 49 minutes on the Concorde FA-1, uh, westbound around the world and eastbound. All right. And then uh, the last person to uh, do it here is uh, all the way back in 1995. And that was Air France again, the last time it's recorded here, at least. Um, and they were able to go around the world in 31 hours, 27 minutes on a Concorde uh, with 98 passengers, actually. And that's supposedly the current world record uh, in 1995, which is supposedly uh, 31 hours and 27 minutes. But uh, that's not highly accurate because I know the military has, has, has aircraft that can travel uh, past the speed of sound and they can travel around the world uh, in less than a day and less than eight hours, and probably less than that, and probably in the matter of a few hours, they can go around the world. That technology is available. We have seen that technology. Those aircrafts are out there. There are other categories here. Those aircrafts are out there that we can see that we can go online right now. Those aircrafts I see flying from my lanai, like that can break the sound barrier. Those aircrafts I have filmed, those are just regular jets that can go around the world in a few hours. I wonder what they're hiding, what they don't show us, how fast can those aircraft go around the world? Probably a lot faster. Um, as far as balloons go, we have to have a separate category for balloons, okay? Uh, the very, uh, it's Steve Fawcett has the record uh, for balloon around the world. And uh, he created a balloon called the Spirit of Freedom. It was the first, so oh no, it's a first solo aircraft to fly around the world without stopping or refueling. Uh, from Northam, Western Australia. And that was June of 2002 to July. And that took him 13 days. Uh, so that was, um, and then he did it again. Uh, it took him 67 hours in another aircraft he created called the Global Flyer. Uh, it was the first solo nonstop unrefueled fixed wing aircraft around the world. All right. Um, in 2015, Bernard Picard and Andre Borzenberg, they had the first solar impulse, the first around the world solar flight in history. And that took them five months using only solar power. The United States Army, 
uh, went around the world with the first aerial in 1924 with the first aerial circumnavigation. Uh, this was uh, the right when airplanes were just, had just been invented about 20 years. Uh, two aircraft of four Douglas World Cruisers com complete the mission from Sandport, Seattle, Washington. So apparently uh, the very first was in 1924. All right, Charles Kingsford in 1928 um, from Southern Cross in Oakland, California. Uh, it took him over two years to go around the world. All right, Captain Ford in 1941, uh, the Pan American World Airways Pacific Clipper Boeing 314, uh, the first commercial flight to circumnavigate the world from Treasure Island uh, San Francisco to LaGuardia Field in New York City. And that was in 1941, Captain Ford. And uh, the first, so the first commercial flight all the way back in 1941. Uh, in 1986, the first aircraft to fly around the world without stopping or refueling, uh, what came from Edwards Air Force Base. And that took nine days, three minutes and 44 seconds. Can you believe that? nine days and but that was 1986 it took them nine days first aircraft to fly around the world without stopping or refueling like like what the hell how did he go to the bathroom for nine days all right and then uh in 1999 bertrand bacard again with brian jones this time i wonder if it's from the brian jones from the beach boys uh they went around the world it took them 19 days 21 hours and 55 minutes um First balloon to fly around the world nonstop from the Swiss Alpine village of Chateau d'Eau. Okay, so it took them 19 days, Bernard, because it was the first balloon to fly around the world nonstop. And I believe Jules Verne uh, has been writing about uh, flying in balloons around the world. I've never read a Jules Verne novel, but I'm pretty sure Around the World in 80 Days has something with going in a balloon, I believe. Uh, and 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 that's a really great book to look at today that I would like to to look at. This is my book right here, Gonzo Education, by Gregory Brandt, one of the highest rated books on Amazon right now. You can Google and see the reviews for yourself. Uh, personally, it it sounds intriguing. I I remember seeing a Casey Neistat video. It was one of the first YouTube videos I saw after not watching YouTube for like three years, and. Uh, he was like traveling around the world with a friend of his and he had a lot of good, you know, cinema, uh, great cinematography and great editing. And it showed like, I remember a scene with them, like running, like really great shots and running in the airport. And I, uh, I know uh, it, it seems so intriguing. You know, it seems like such an adventurous thing to do. Let's break the record around the world. But uh, personally, that's not something that I, I don't like traveling. Like I said before, Flying is has got to be up there with public speaking for things that people do not like to do, and uh, flying with me. A lot of people they're prescribed Valium just to you know keep them calm. Uh, from the moment you get to the airport and they're you know, making you take off your shoes and empty out your pockets, it's a stressful situation in my opinion. Uh, from getting on the plane, from the turbulence, from the you know trying to use the little fucking rv type bathroom that's like it's it's the the hardest thing and being uh six foot three doesn't help either uh considering i'm not flying <clears throat> i haven't flown business or luxury and so i'm barely even fitting in the seat the few times that i've had to try to fly i try to go in the back seat of the plane 
where they say you have the best chance of survival of a crash anyways. And there's usually just a one seat there. And I'll try to take that one seat. It's also right next to the bathroom. So I can uh, have easy access. I don't have to crawl over anybody. And also I can uh, move my legs a little bit more since I have extra long legs. Uh, it's it's not a comfortable situation. And the longer the flight, the worse. The longest flight I ever took was the flight from as the flight from uh, the mainland to Hawaii, uh, which is six hours. And I've done that twice or three times. And it's not fun. And um you know, flying around the world, the parts of it, when I think about the Jules Verne, I, I didn't, it didn't click my mind like, oh, that's exciting. I should do that. Like until I, I saw Jul the Jules Verne image in my head of him, like with a Willy Wonka top hat and floating up in the air. And I'm like, oh, wow, I want to do that. Like maybe, but then I'm also afraid of heights. One reason why I don't like flying, we're 10,000 feet in the air. Uh, it's, and I also like to be in control. And that's the, that's my mentality. When you are in a plane, you it feels like you're not in control. Maybe I didn't have a problem when I flew when I was a child because uh, I was already not in the control. So I was just going wherever I was being brought to. But as an adult, as a grown man, it's like you're getting on this plane. You're hoping the pilot's not drunk. You're hoping that the plane's in working order. You know, it's uh, you know, the money buys safety, right? except for not for those people that went to go see the bottom of the Titanic. But hey, you, you didn't need to be an Einstein to know that submarines need to be made of one material. But that's a whole other podcast. Um, I, I I don't like flying. Uh, you know, I, I prefer to be on a boat, but the boat travel is, is just uh, more than, you know, a thousand times longer. You know, if, if it takes maybe, uh, what, 12 hours to fly from london to new york maybe 10 hours and uh on a boat i know it takes weeks from to go on a they have like one uh, passenger boat that still goes from london to new york i know this i've researched this and it takes like three weeks on this passenger boat and it's mad expensive as it costs as much as a uh, you know first class plane ticket so the majority of people are always going to fly uh it being not a uh, pleasant experience for many people including myself but that's why i take my sweet time wherever i go if i'm going to go on a plane it's going to i'm going to try to make the, the shortest route possible and also i'm continuing going west uh, like i said i uh the contents of my second book and the contents of my third book um, i've already lived through and they were on this journey where i continued going west anytime i went back i i, I never have gone back east except for one crazy week in Los Angeles where they like held me down and like tattooed this G on my face. So that if that's not, and I, and I had quit smoking cigarettes at that time. And I, I took up cigarettes right when I got to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, AKA hell. I don't ever want to go East. I don't ever want to go back there. And if I need to go somewhere there, I would still need to just continue going West. Cause what I'm doing actually is going around the world. I'm taking my sweet time. I've been on this journey around the world for uh, 12, 13 years now. But I look at Australia. I look at Japan. Like, I don't go backwards. I go forward. And West is the best. And I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast, which is also the best. The Mr. G podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. The audio version is on Audacity, on Spotify, on uh, Google Podcasts. Amazon podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts and full episodes are uploaded on Spotify, 
Twitter and YouTube as well. Thank you guys for listening. And from uh, me and my street kitties here on the outskirts of Chinatown in Honolulu, Hawaii, the largest city in the Pacific, my city, my home base, uh, we bid you aloha. Shoots!